we do not want to be doing some excruciatingly embarrassing team building exercises. This is not the time to be building towers out of marshmallows and matchsticks. However, there are some things you can do which will ensure that your strategy away day also builds a sense of a cohesive team. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator, specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, where we're going to be talking about strategy away days. Now, we all know that there are a lot of negative stereotypes around strategy away days. In fact, if you put that term into Google, the first thing that comes up at the top of the list is an Enid Blyton comedy book, Enid Blyton for Grown Ups, Five Go on a Strategy Away Day. And you don't need to read it to know that it hits on all of the stereotypes that you can think of. So people often think about the fancy hotel they're going to, the whole thing seems like a bit of a jolly. Often there's sort of bad memories of some excruciatingly embarrassing team building exercises. There'll be some kind of strategy session, but it might conversation might just go around in circles. There's no real clear outcome. And the whole thing bears so little relation to your day-to-day work with the organisation that when everyone returns to the day job, nothing has changed. But people still use them and there are reasons for that. And I'm going to give you today eight top tips for how you can make your strategy away days much more productive and avoid hitting any of those negative stereotypes. Really quickly, before we dive into the detail, I want to make sure that you make the most of the time you invest listening to this podcast. And the best way to do that is to make sure you grab a copy of my free ebook, The Strategic Independent School Leader. It outlines how to answer the six essential questions that will clarify your school strategy and secure its future. In the world of business, strategy can be full of jargon, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is a jargon-free tool tailor-made to help private school leaders think and act more strategically. Download your free copy today at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash ebook. So if all of those negative stereotypes about strategy away days were true, then no one would still be using them. But they are. And the reason is because actually when done well, they can really, really work and be an incredibly effective tool in a leadership toolbox. So 
Why do they work? What's important about a strategy away day? So the first reason is that it forces the top team, so the governors and the senior leadership team, to take time out of their normal day-to-day hectic schedules, come together and actually focus on strategic decision making without distractions or with as, as few distractions as possible. So you want your phones off, you want your email off, you want a really good team of, of people left behind running the school so that you know that you can really focus on strategy. The second reason that they work is it brings people together. So in a school setting, an independent school setting, normally it would be the governors and the senior leadership team coming together. And it's really important that they actually spend some time getting to know each other. So we want a little bit of downtime, a little bit of informal chat. So at the end of this strategy away day, you actually have a team which is more cohesive, where they know each other better than they did before. And this can also work for a team within a school. So perhaps a development office team or marketing team. So bringing the whole whole team together to think about strategy can work for exactly the same reasons. It's time away from distractions to focus on strategy as a group. Now, I'm using the term away day because traditionally speaking, we have seen these happen off site. So the reason for that is because taking people away from their everyday work setting helps them to create more divergent and new ways of thinking. So it can be really useful. It doesn't have to be somewhere fancy. It needs to be somewhere relaxed and informal to get that kind of sense of of people coming together in an informal setting. It needs to be somewhere quite quiet and calm. In actual fact, one of the best locations that I've hosted a Strategy Away Day was a Christian retreat centre. This was for a school, which admittedly was a Church of England school, but they had rejected all of the sort of posh hotel options and gone for something actually very simple in the countryside, but very quiet and informal, and it worked a treat. But having said that, if you don't have the budget, or given the COVID world that we're living in, sometimes Getting together in person or getting off-site isn't possible. And I would always say that it's still best to do something like this on an annual basis, even if you have to do it online, over a Teams or a Zoom meeting, or even if you have to stay within your school setting. It's still better to do something like this than not to do it at all. But if you have the opportunity, getting off-site can be really effective. So that's why strategy away days work and why people still do them despite all of those negative stereotypes we talked about. So I'm going to give you a quick run through my eight top tips to help you to make your strategy away days as effective as possible. So here we go. Number one, use a facilitator. Now I know your budget may not stretch to this, but if you can, a really skilled, experienced facilitator will enable everybody else in the room to play an active part. If as a school head or chair of governors or director of development, director of marketing, if you are trying to lead this process, then it limits the extent to which you can take an active role yourself and put ideas out there, which perhaps are a little bit devil's advocate or a little bit beyond what you would normally think of as as kind of sane, normal suggestions. You want to be helping to get everybody into that sense of divergent, open thinking, blue sky thinking. And if you're leading, it can be quite difficult to contribute on that level in quite the same way. It also means that if the rest of the participants are used to seeing 
the most senior leader lead these sessions, it can inhibit them sometimes from being as open and honest as they they really need to be to get the best out of this. So having a facilitator lead the session can be really effective. And especially if that facilitator doesn't just bring a third party voice, a kind of neutral voice into the room, but also brings in sector expertise or knowledge from beyond your school, then that's even better. Top tip number two, agree in advance what it is you want to achieve in this particular session and then set your agenda to allow this to happen. So this is what I do with the clients where I'm the facilitator in the room. We can't identify what we want the outcome to be because we want to ensure that there is open discussion on the day. So you can't say, I want to sign off an agreement that my strategic project is going to go ahead because that narrows the conversation down. You want it to be open. But what you can do and what's really important that you do do is get some agreement on what stage you want to get the conversation to by the end of the day. Now, for some people, it might be that you're coming together and if you're doing this for the first time, you want to have quite a blank sheet start. You want to get lots of opinions in the room about threats and opportunities, what's going well, what's not going so well. And then the outcomes that you're looking for might be a little bit more um, draft form. Or it might be that you have a particular topic where you have some good research, some some input from your stakeholders, and you want to get a decision point by the end of the session. If you can narrow it down enough, that's fine. You can aim for a decision by the end of the session. But we're not talking about hammering everyone into your way of thinking. We're talking about having an idea of what you want to achieve, but keeping the conversation really open. So agreeing what you want to achieve in advance is top tip number two. Number three, allow enough time. I always find with the schools that I'm working with that when they first come to me, they say, right, we've got two hours. And then they tell me what they want to achieve. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're not going to get much open conversation and discussion in the two hour session. Even if you've got half a day, there is a limit to how much you're actually going to get done and discussed in that day. The whole point of this process is to open up conversation, allow everybody to have their say. And that takes time. So don't try to pack too much into your agenda. And wherever possible, it's called a strategy away day, because if you can have the whole day, that is much more effective and you'll find you'll get a lot more done in that time. So that top tip number three, allow enough time. Tip number four, make sure you invite the right people. Now, it's worth thinking about making sure you've got Obviously, all of your governors, if you're doing a strategy away day for the whole school strategy, you need all of your governors in attendance as much as possible. Obviously, you're going to have your absolute top senior leaders in the room. But there's often a conversation to be had around how many of those senior leadership team members can also be involved. And generally speaking, assuming that the senior leadership team doesn't outnumber the governors, you want at least an even balance, if not a few more governors in the room than senior leaders. You do want to ensure that you have enough of the executive, the practitioners who really know your school day in, day out, because they are leading that school, you need them in the room as well. So make sure that you're inviting enough of your senior leadership team to really bring that expertise into the room. If you're thinking about a departmental away day, then you need to involve everybody in that department. And I mean everybody, even the person who's doing what might be an administrative or kind of PA role. Get everybody into that room and bring them together. (laughs) 
top tip number five is about preparing in some papers or some information for the group in advance. Some people can come into a room and they can have their best ideas off the cuff. And that's great. A lot of people, however, will want to have read some papers in advance that might be input from surveys that you've done with some stakeholder groups. It might be a briefing paper about a particular project that you're going to be discussing. But whatever it is, allow those people who like to read and absorb information, have a good think on their own, and then come to a session like this with some pre-prepared thoughts. Make sure you're getting the best out of those people by preparing and distributing papers at least a week in advance of your session. Now, these papers don't have to be massively lengthy. In some cases, it is important that there is a lot of information. If, for example, you were going to be going into a deep dive on your school fees compared to other competitors, you would need to do some research to collect all of those school fees, do some analysis and present all of that in the paper. So there will be quite a bit of detail for that. In other cases, it might be that the senior leadership team have created a SWOT analysis. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And that's the starting point for a discussion on the day. It doesn't have to go into a huge amount of detail, but there needs to be something that people can get their teeth into in advance of the session so that those who like to do their thinking in advance have the opportunity to do so and you're going to get the best out of them on the day. So that's top tip number five, prepare some papers in advance. Tip number six, team building. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that we do not want to be doing some excruciatingly embarrassing team building exercises. This is not the time to be building towers out of marshmallows and matchsticks. However, there are some things you can do which will ensure that your strategy away day also builds a sense of a cohesive team. So the first thing that's a really important baseline that you really must do is to make sure you're allowing for some informal conversation time during your away day. So this means you need to have some good breaks built into your program, your agenda, um, a lengthy time for lunch for people to have a chat and sit and relax with each other. And this is not just because people need food and sustenance during a time like this, the food and to some extent the caffeine may well feed the conversation. But it's also important that people have informal opportunity to meet as many others as possible in the room and just get to know each other on a slightly less formal footing than during the agendered sessions of the day. Another way that you can enhance that, especially if you're doing an overnight as part of your strategy away day, is to encourage people to meet together kind of after breakfast, but before the session starts for a 15 minute walk, 10, 15 minute walk around the grounds of the hotel or lie on the streets around your hotel or wherever you might be that gives you the possibility for people to get some fresh air together. And if you encourage them to pick a walking partner who they don't know well and to head off on that 10-15 minute walk together, you'll be surprised how well people can bond and get on and really share a little bit about themselves when they're walking in a way which they may be slightly more inhibited or embarrassed perhaps even to do so when they're sitting face to face in some kind of icebreaker exercise. So I really encourage you to get people outside and get them walking in pairs to get to know each other better. The third thing you can do which works really effectively is to ask people within one of the agendered structured sessions kind of early on in your day, ask people to share with other people why they are committed to your school. So why do they volunteer as governors? Why do they work there as staff? What is it about education in general 
or about your school in particular that really motivates them to commit part of their life to this organisation. Most of the time when I do this with teams, and I've actually done this with teams where I've been warned in advance that some members of the team just do not get on. There are concrete differences of opinion between people within the sessions that I'm running. And when I'm told in advance that that might be the case, I always build in this exercise of sharing your why. And the reason it works is because it encourages people to dig a little bit deeper than they might do normally and share um, their own personal connection or story about why they're committed to education, why they're committed to the school. And when you hear that from other people and you share your own and get positive feedback from your own emotional, personal connection to the school, to education, it breaks down some of those barriers and encourages people to realise that whether they are governors, whether they are part of the senior leadership team, whether they've got on in the past or not, they are all there for the same reason. And that normally echoes something to do with their commitment to education, to young people and to making the world a better place. So that was tip number six, have some kind of team building element built in, but as least embarrassing as possible. Tip number seven, breakout discussions are really important. So you will have some times when you will need to be discussing together as a larger group. But unless your group is only six people in the room, you will definitely need to schedule into your agenda some breakout discussions because there are some people who will not speak up in a larger group and yet have really valuable input to make into the process. So structure your agenda to have breakout discussions, but ensure that as people go off into those into those smaller groups, you've given them really clear instructions on what it is they need to be talking about. So give them clear questions that they can work through together as a group based on some kind of briefing or discussion together um, beforehand. And then after the dis- the breakout discussion, bring people back together to debrief to each other on what they talked about in their smaller group discussion. So the final tip, tip number eight, make sure at the end of your day, you have a really clear set of next steps specified. Now this follows on from my previous tip about agreeing in advance what you're trying to achieve for the day. So it may be that some of these next steps you need to think about in advance to do with perhaps someone's going to write up some notes or a report. What I often do is I write what I call a strategic options report at the end of a day like this and that encapsulates the main themes and conversations that happen during the day and specifies where there is some agreement and also specifies where there is further discussion or further data needed in order to get agreement on certain points. It also talks about the next steps of the next governor's meeting or the next set of documents that are going to be produced after that strategic options report to ensure that when you get back to the office, your time away has actually resulted in some clear outcomes which are actually going to be implemented on the ground. And that overcomes that stereotype of a conversation that goes around in circles and then nothing changes back in the office. So hopefully that's helped. Those are my eight top tips. If you head over to my website um, and look at the episode notes for this episode, you'll see those eight top tips listed out if you want to recap them. So that web address is www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash 039, which is the number for this episode. There'll also be a link to that in whichever podcast um, app you're using to listen today. 
So you'll also find my contact details there. So do please drop me a line if you want to talk about planning a strategy away day for your governors and senior leadership team to make sure you've really got a strategic plan to take you through these rather turbulent times. Hope that's been helpful. As always, I love hearing your feedback. So do let me know if this has helped. I will talk to you again next week. So have a fantastic week. Bye then. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash podcast.